93.5 WMNF, Tampa, Florida. It's the station that tells the truth and plays the truth. Peace. Hi, I'm Amy Goodman, host of Democracy Now! 9 a.m. weekday mornings right here at 88.5 FM. You'll hear the same fearless investigative reporting on topics too hot for the mainstream media. Tune in to Democracy Now! 9 a.m. weekdays right after the morning show. That's right here on WMNF, Tampa, St. Petersburg, Sarasota, Lakeland, Clearwater, Winter Haven, and Venice. If you've been saving up for a rainy day to get a new car, the rainy season is coming. So if you're in need of a more reliable ride to get you through the wet road safely, donate your old one to WMNF. We accept used cars, trucks, and even RV donations, running or not. Donating is easy. Learn more at WMNFcar.org. Live from NPR News, I'm Giles Snyder. Ukrainian officials are ramping up pressure on the United States following an attack on a prison holding Ukrainian prisoners of war. President Volodymyr Zelensky is demanding that the U.S. designate Russia as a state sponsor of terrorism. That's a desi- that uh, designation would trigger new sanctions on Russia and new penalties on those who do business with the Russian government. As NPR's Tim Mack reports. The attack occurred on Friday. And Russia is reporting dozens of Ukrainian POWs killed and many more injured. Russia has denied responsibility for the attack, instead claiming that Ukrainians targeted their own captured soldiers. Zelensky condemned the attack and said in a late night address, quote, Formal legal recognition of Russia as a terrorist state is needed not as a political gesture, but as an effective defense of the free world. Last week, the U.S. Senate unanimously passed a non-binding resolution calling on the State Department to apply the designation to Russia. Tim Mack, NPR News, Kiev. To eastern Kentucky now, where the death toll from flooding has risen to 25. But with search and rescue operations ongoing, that number could climb further. From member station WUKY, Karen Zarr reports from Hyman, Kentucky. Governor Andy Bashir says rescue teams will continue to scour the area by air and by boat, looking for anyone who may still be stranded. While Bashir is holding out hope, he knows time is of the essence. I'm worried that we're going to be... We're going to be finding bodies for weeks to come. Keep praying. The water has receded in some areas, allowing rescuers in high-axle National Guard vehicles to get to places they hadn't been able to reach until now. Bashir says they're trying to move quickly. More rain is in the forecast for the region in the coming days. For NPR News, I'm Karen Czar in Lexington. The heat wave in the west, along with windy conditions, are fanning the flames of wildfires. California Governor Gavin Newsom has declared a state of emergency because of the fire burning in the Klamath National Forest. In Montana, officials say a wildfire near the town of Elmo and Flathead Lake has doubled in size to more than six square miles. President Biden's doctor calls it a rebound after four days of negative tests following a round of the antiviral drug Paxlovid. Biden tested positive for COVID-19 again. In a short video he posted on Twitter yesterday, Biden said he's feeling fine. Hey folks, Joe Biden here. Tested positive this morning. We've been working from home for the next couple of days. Uh, and feeling fine. Everything's good. But the command and I got a little work. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention says most rebound cases remain mild and that severe disease during the rebound period has not been reported. The White House says Biden will isolate for at least five days in accordance with CDC guidelines. You're listening to NPR News. A near-total ban on abortions is working its way through the Republican-controlled Indiana legislature. The state Senate passed the bill this weekend and sent it to the House. The bill would prohibit the procedure except to save the life of the patient and in cases of rape and incest, although patients would be required to sign a notarized affidavit confirming they were attacked. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is on her way to visit several Asian countries. She left today at the head of a congressional delegation. NPR's Anthony Kuhn reports from Seoul that it's not clear whether Pelosi will follow through on plans to visit Taiwan. A stop China has warned her to avoid. 
A statement from Pelosi's office said that Singapore, Malaysia, South Korea and Japan are on her itinerary. It made no mention of Taiwan. A stop in Taiwan would be the first by a sitting House speaker since Newt Gingrich visited 25 years ago. China claims Taiwan as part of its territory and Chinese leader Xi Jinping warned President Joe Biden in a Thursday phone call that by interfering in the Taiwan issue, the U.S. is playing with fire. Both countries ramped up military exercises last week ahead of Pelosi's possible visit. China's military conducted drills in the Taiwan Strait, and both countries sent warships on maneuvers in the South China Sea. Anthony Kuhn, NPR News, Seoul. In soccer, the Women's European Championship final between England and Germany is set for today at London's Wembley Stadium. A sold-out crowd of more than 87,000 people expected. England lost to Germany in the women's final in 2009. I'm Giles Snyder, NPR News. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include Imaginable Futures, supporting the Institute for Women's Policy Research, working to close inequality gaps for women and improve the economic well-being of families. IWPR.org. This is Gianna Russo, wordsmith of the city of WMNF has been your community radio station for 43 years, and we're celebrating. Come to our birthday bash at the Palladium in downtown St. Pete on September 10th with special guests, the Bright Light Social Hour. door to door and building a new radio station in 1979 to giving back to our community with the music and news you won't hear anywhere else in 2022. Don't miss out on this great live show with the Bright Light Social Hour, plus a silent auction and birthday cake. WMNF's 43rd birthday bash at the Palladium in downtown St. Pete on Saturday, September 10th. Grab your tickets now at WMNF.org. Hey, this is K-Top of The 70s Show. You know we play a lot of records on The 70s Show. And guess what? WMNF is having another record sale at New World Brewery, Saturday, September 24th. Would you like to sell your own records, CDs, books, and music memorabilia? Well, you can fill out a vendor form at WMNF.org slash events. And we'll see you there. This is Mindy Murphy, CEO of the Spring of Tampa Bay, with a WMNF public service announcement. While summer is a time of relaxation for many, the Spring of Tampa Bay is gearing up for the back-to-school season. In a region-wide collaboration with five domestic violence centers, we are affiliating with a national program called Camp Hope America. This is the first evidence-based camping and mentoring program in the United States to focus on children and teens exposed to domestic violence. Camp Hope includes a week of sleepaway camp supported by year-round activities. For more information, visit our website at thespring.org. Produced at WMNF 88.5 Radio. Groovefest is back. WMNF's freaking dreamin' Groovefest is returning on Saturday, August 27th at Skipper's Smokehouse. Hear the music of local acts Battered Chicken Band and Road to Nowhere, a Talking Heads tribute, plus Asheville, North Carolina's The Snozberries. Make sure to bring your dancing shoes for a summer night of fun. You'll also get to meet your favorite Tie-Dye Tuesday DJs. Grateful Ed from The Freak Show. Dennis Stone from The Dream Clinic. Thor and Wayne from In the Groove. Groove. WMNF's Freakin' Dream and Groove Fest. Saturday, August 27th, Skipper Smokehouse. Buy your tickets now at WMNF.org. $20 in advance, $25 at the door. See you there. Right now, you are tuned to the Sunday Forum here on WMNF Radio 88.5 FM. My name is Patro Mabili, and I'm joined in the studio by Yumiko. And uh, oh. 
Hello again. <laughs> we do have a, a caller on the line. All righty. We had been talking earlier about a little bit of black Russian history. Yep. And uh, we talked about some of the, uh, the egregious war situation in Ukraine. And uh, we're going to turn talk about some of the political issues going on inside the United States. Yep. And uh, we're going to take your telephone calls, 813-239-9663 is the number to call. Or you can write us, dj at wmnf.org. Go ahead, caller. Where are you calling from? Hey, how you doing? Good, how are you? I, I, I didn't expect to jump on so fast. <laughs> you know, in terms of uh, Ukraine and what's happening over there and stuff. But that, that whole thing is a lot more deeper than what we've been told through this, in this media. And you have, I mean, when you think about who is supporting who, let's say, who is supporting Ukraine and who isn't supporting the Ukraine move and, and stuff. And when you look at the history of uh, you know, some of the dealings that uh, has been going on in, in that area, then I mean, you get a totally different, different, different picture of, 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 of things, you know. You know, I, I'll put it this way. Let me say the limited I do know is that one, a lot of the African countries aren't supporting uh, the United States, and that a lot of those feelings go back to the Western countries, as we want to call them, that support for colonialism in Africa. And so they're not going to be so enthusiastic to get behind the uh, the uh, European countries to go after Russia because, after all, it was the Russians, it was the Soviet Union that provided them arms to fight off colonialism. In you know, some you cases. Gotta, you look at it. you got to look at that. Also, there's something else people don't talk about. The role Ukraine is big on fertilizer. I mean, big one of this is something you're, you're looking at. So, well, you know, you look at Afghanistan, you know, and what uh, that whole region is known for growing poppies. All right. Poppies require a lot of fertilizer. I'll let you go from there. <laughs> About some, All right. Some Thank of the you. corruption and the. And, and the, just look at the cigars report. And I'm not just verify. Go to a thing called the cigars. This is by uh, from John South. This is by the Special Inspector General in of Afghanistan Reconstruction. This is from this is a report by the United States of America. This guy was a Special Inspector General for the United States of America. John Shako. Pull it up. S i g a r. Okay. <laughs> and look at the role that the poppy production played and its delivery into Europe, uh, into Western Europe. Out of Afghanistan. That's right. Just just look at it, and I'll leave it alone. I will leave it alone because it's a lot more complicated than what what we've been told to to believe and, and, and stuff. And the big companies in here in the United States are making a whole lot of money you know, the supplying the Ukraine are listen, they're we're dropping, we're taking our supplies, these companies, sending it to Ukraine. They've been already paid for these armaments. You know, that we're we're tempering our old inventory that is already in Yeah, we've we're losing your sound, but I think I get what you're you're saying. Yeah. Uh the, yeah. Russia did support a lot of African countries in their fight against colonialism, and that was really all just wrapped up in superpower politics. And we see Russia making similar calculations to this day, such as running mercenary, uh, uh, mercenary groups in Africa yeah. to support overthrowing African governments in the coup. You know, using private mercenaries. So Russia is a very under, especially Putin's Russia, very underhanded, very calculating, and usually goes where there is uh, there is a fight against the West, so that the West can stay busy 
and not pay attention to the shenanigans that the Kremlin is up to. So this is all wrapped up, has always been wrapped up in superpower politics when the Russians get involved. More of your telephone calls, 813-239-9663 is the number to call. Uh, meanwhile, we have Russia meddling in this country, and the GOP has played along, mostly because, just like the Nazis, white supremacy is at the root of it. The Russian Orthodox Church has been promoting, pushing that line, and uh, organized religion and organized politics has been hand-in-hand hand ever since the beginning of the Russian state. And uh, now they've come to play this game in the United States uh, because they see links in of extremism inside the Republican Party, congressional candidate in Washington state, whose normally compelling personal story of military valor and unfathomable loss helped him win former President Trump's support, is connected to right-wing extremists. His name is Republican Joe Kent. He's openly displayed ties to far-right and extremist organizations since announcing his primary challenge to another Republican uh, Herrera Bueller, Jamie Herrera Bueller in uh, Butler in Washington State. That includes groups that have drawn law enforcement scrutiny over their involvement in the January 6th insurrection. And Kent's this uh, GOP extremist, Joe Kent, his campaign says he rejects racism and bigotry. Taken broadly, Kent's recent relationship and activities reinforce concerns about the GOP's ties to extremist groups which is exactly how it was able to invite Russia in to meddle and get 45 elected. And meantime, when it comes to the Supreme Court, black people have a very low opinion of the Supreme Court as it stands right now because of what they have been doing, rolling back the gains that have been made inside this country and rolling back the gains that women have made, especially the gains on, on reproductive rights. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about that a little bit more now. Since the last time we talked about it, Yumiko, you weren't in the, in the room. I wasn't, no. Um, I know the last time we spoke, uh, you and Walter gave your opinion on the Roe versus Wade uh, situation. And uh, it, I, I was honestly disgusted by the decision that was made. Um, it's... It's, it's it's embarrassing. It's a shame mm -hmm. that, you know, we now don't have control over our bodies. I mean, and I have never personally been raped or anything. So, but I have had friends who... <laughs> Thanks for the background music. Um, sorry about that. <laughs> I have had friends who have been raped or you know, got pregnant and uh, made the decision for them to get an abortion. Um, but to be told now that you can't, um, it, it's, it's unfortunately caused an uproar. And I have an article here that was posted last week. It's saying that clinics in Florida and Georgia are uh, going up 600 calls a day. Mm. Uh, due to the new decision for the Roe versus Wade. Um, so Kelly Flynn, the CEO of Women's Choice, said her call center has seen dramatic increase of the Supreme Court's decision on Roe versus Wade. We have seen a significant increase since the decision was made. It seems, especially over the last couple of weeks, we're seeing more and more, I mean, at least 5 to 10% more calls a day surrounding from states of Tennessee, Mississippi, and Texas, and including Florida. We're definitely noticing an increase in our volumes right now. And I mean, it's just, wow. it's really sad. Um, you know, because actually, how many weeks ago is it? Maybe it was a couple weeks ago. They talked about on the news, and this was a big headline, a 13-year-old uh, girl was raped. Mm -hmm. and, a 10-year-old. Oh, okay. And she had to go to another state because mm -hmm. she was from one of the states, obviously, that banned it. And she had to go to another state to get right. an abortion. And then people didn't want to believe the political uh, voices, did not even want to believe the story because it didn't fall. Right. It didn't help their case. Mm -hmm. 
against abortion. And the guy that did it, he was, of course, caught and he is now in jail. But, I mean, it, it's just... It, right, it, it's a shame. It is. Um, we are now going backwards. And DeSantis, I mean, well, I'm not surprised that it's it's banned here. I knew it was going to get banned mm-hmm. here because this is predominantly a Republican state anyway. So, you know, I just... I mean, I don't know. It's supposed to be a battleground state, but the Republican legislature, because of gerrymandering, has control and continues to just keep winning elections. Yeah. And I just don't see anything changing because DeSantis keeps, every time you turn on the news, he is making, he is signing um, for more stuff to happen. Right. I mean, already this and school. He's running for the White House, doesn't well. Yeah, and I'm ashamed that school, I mean, school is going to be starting in a couple of weeks. And it's going to be different in that aspect because, as you also know, um, there was also a decision made. Uh, you can't you can't say gay anymore, and the teachers that are gay and lesbian, they have had to remove pictures of their spouse uh, if they're <laughs> asked in class about their life. They cannot answer. You know, all this stuff is going on. You can't discuss critical race theory. I mean, it, the list goes on and on right. of the stuff that we are having to go through. And it's this. supposed to be a country that has freedom of speech. Uh, and it's supposed to be codified in the Constitution. They respect their freedom to bear arms more than their freedom of speech. Well, and that's another thing. This whole an AK-47 not being a um, weapon, a mass of of destruction. destruction. I'm sorry, but it is. If a bullet goes through a child and can, I mean, make them where you can't even physically see them, it it goes through their body. I'm sorry, that is a weapon that should not be allowed to be purchased and i mean what happened in uh uvalde texas Mm -hmm. terrible 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 and in uh, buffalo yes all this stuff that's going on it it, uh, sometimes i just don't even but you're right the uvalde texas was just that was a massacre and the fact that those armed cops were cowards Mm -hmm. You know, they, you know, you want to trip about when people say, well, maybe we should look at how overfunded the police are. And I understand that the police in Uvalde is bloated. They just, they just have such a bloated budget and yet they're full of cowards. But they should have done more for in that school. I mean, Definitely. the boy somehow was able to drive in the back Park the car. Crash the car. Okay, <laughs> crash it. Open the door that was that was unlocked because mm-hmm. somebody didn't lock it. He went inside and then he shot all these little kids. Yeah, and while the the cop stood outside, they did. Please, they were, sir. Please, uh-huh. sir. Put the gun down. <laughs> I'm so. I, and it's not a laughing matter, but seriously, you, the cops should have done more. I mean, these kids were screaming. Mm-hmm. I mean, crying for help. I mean, scared right. to death. I understand the schoolroom classroom door wasn't even locked in the end yeah i mean so it's just it's just one calamity after another and you know you wonder you know you put your trust in these people and you know you just can't be sure how they're going to act in the heat of the moment honestly nowhere is safe anymore schools churches grocery stores nowhere and um, I'm not sure where this world is headed into because we are now going to be going into a recession. Gas prices well, are may going not up. Be, that be, it may not necessarily be. We don't have to use the R word if it hasn't actually happened yet, but okay, well, <laughs> we'll that's see. What, well, that's what they're talking about. And then, you yes. know, food prices going up. I as mean, long as there is employment, as long as the unemployment rate is mm-hmm. low or at least what is considered full employment, three and a half percent, then it's not a recession. As long as jobs are being made, it's not a recession. And a lot of the inflation was Mm -hmm. not even real because it was just greed. A lot of companies who were not impacted by the pandemic or by supply chain problems or... don't want to pay their workers. They just Right. Mm -hmm. They just wanted to pass on that cost and, and make more profit just because... People felt like 
we were in, a, we, this was an inflationary time. Even though that those particular industries were not impacted, they still raised prices. Mm. So there's a lot of distrust. It is, and we have a caller on the line. So, caller, you were on the Sunday forum. Well, good morning, Chris Steiner here. Uh, I wanted to point out that you know, if you don't like forty-five, then why don't you point out uh, rather than some of the marginal information on him, some of the policies that are so terrible that he was behind, like supporting GMOs, and not uh, never pardon Snowden, Manning, or Assange. Uh, um, he never opposed the Patriot Act. He de facto expanded it. Um, he was he was trying to keep indefinitely detained at Ham Amin Hassoun, who uh, fortunately uh, was set free. Uh, you know, he, he's bombed so many people in the Middle East. Uh, you know, his NSA spying. Um, he signed Senate Bill 139 that uh, authorized. Section 702 um, that was originally enacted as part of the FISA amendment to allow the NSA to justify its collection of um, warrantless emails, chat logs, browsing history without first obtaining a warrant, of course, uh, like I said. <clears throat> and, um, oh gosh, uh, you know, gosh, red flag gun laws, the bump stock ban, um, and, uh, G 5G, uh, I just have a laundry list here I'm skimming through. You know, I made a long list of things policy-wise that I see that, uh, you know, we could unite on rather than pointing out things that are uh, marginal or speculation. And, uh, you know, and when it comes to Russia, they're anti-free speech. I think that should be pointed out that if you try to protest, I'll just lots of footage of people just being carried away for protesting. That's true. Yeah, and uh, you know, in October, last October, DeSantis said he is not running for president. And, I can't trust um, it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't trust, trust what he says. So he is going to be well, running he said for president. He was running for president. I haven't seen where he said he is running for president. I did a quick search, and I don't see where he's changed his mind. Yeah, I just look at what he's doing. Yep, that's what I see too. So, and also, uh, I haven't researched much what just came out in the news, but. Uh, um, you didn't mention that, uh, Mobile, you didn't mention that it was a Uhuru house that the FBI raided for the alleged election er interference by Russia. So um, I'm curious if you'd like to investigate that story more. It's um, being investigated. I, I purposely didn't mention it because it wasn't uh, mentioned in the, in the affidavit. But, you know, we're looking for more information on the investigation. And I'd rather just so, wait for the so, investigation to ensue. Well, I don't think that uh, they're very much supportive of Trump or DeSantis, um, by the way. Uh, so well, that wasn't the point. That. that wasn't really the point. The point is to, is to foment division, point blank. Well, well, the point is that it was the unfortunately the socialist Uhuru House, and I know you've described yourself in the past as a communist revolutionary. I have so not. You haven't. But well, that's neither here nor there. Even though I am not, I am a revolutionary. I, I have done that, and uh, I've never been part of the Communist Party. I'm a socialist, if anything. And uh, but that's not it's, that's not to say anything. I mean, no, that's neither here that nor there. 2012, that was when Otis, you were co-hosting with Otis, oh, okay. and you said you're a communist revolutionary, well, and possible. I pointed it out, <laughs> and then uh, the following caller, Tim Sims, who happens to be a donor to WMNF and operates the phone lines there, uh, criticized you for that. He's, he's, being, he's one of those long-time, old-time Democrats who finds the radical uh, left taking over the Democratic Party, and apparently he didn't like that, so... so um, since then, you've cut me off when I've said it in the past, and uh, you've accused me of calling you. A, a well, I wasn't cutting you off. I just remember saying it. It wasn't about me. We were talking about something else at the time, but that's neither here nor there either. I'm not ashamed of it. Isn't it's it really? I, nobody cares, huh? It's about idea. It's a discussion about ideology, not about as you claimed I was attacking you at one point. Mm -hmm. It's about talking about ideology. Mm -hmm. 
That's and true. The ideology of politicians like Trump and DeSantis doesn't match up with the Aurora House. No, but I mean, it was about fomenting divisions. It's almost as if they know that it's about splitting people's uh, people people up so that people either don't vote or they go and vote for some of the most extreme candidates. So I think that's all it was about. Well, it is about division because a lot of the people who are self-described communists think that we're going into, uh, that we're going to get communism when we're actually getting multinational corporate-owned fascism, the multinational corporations taking over, like I've mentioned before, the big box stores allowed to stay open, and multinational corporations like the COVID shot makers, which are mandating, they have no liability, which is quite fascist. If the product was safe, then they should have liability. And, uh, you know, you have the World Economic Forum's Klaus Schwab with a bust of Stalin on his bookcase, and He's just playing to those who want communism, thinking that they'll be a part of the revolution when actually we're going to just have centralized government and communists are going to be swept aside just like the rest of us. So I want everybody to know that if, you, if you're for centralized solutions, then that's then you're not going to be put in power. You're not going to be indeed. You're not going to be held dearly by those should they, God forbid, take power. And uh, and I wanted to also mention the Uvalde shooting. That was scripted, obviously, with the officers not going in. Dozens of officers, over 70 officers not scripted. going in. That wasn't scripted. We saw the Thank footage. You, Faith, but, yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he meant by scripted. Yeah, so. Can't script something like that. No, but, but um, I do. <laughs> well, you can respond to everything I, you said if you want. I don't really care to respond to any of that. I mean, I do agree that, you know, a lot of people use divisions, mm-hmm. uh, but as far as communists taking over the Democratic Party, that's just a bunch of bluster. Yeah. You know, I think that it really is just about people having freedom of choice. And uh, well, we don't really have freedom of choice anymore. That's all being taken away with everything that's been going on. Uh, but I would like to hear from some women if possible, on the road versus Wade situation, please. If you could call in at 813-239-9663. Is that the number? That's right. (laughs) You know, so, so, you know, we're going to go back to the telephone lines. You are tuned to the Sunday Forum. Yes. And this is the second hour of the Sunday Forum. You know, we're talking about a number of things. Uh, Mistrust lingers Mm -hmm. in black communities amid this so-called... 988 launch mm-hmm. to replace 911. Oh, so we're here to talk about, well, not necessarily to replace 911, uh-huh. but 988 is for mental health crisis. Okay. And so there's a lot of distrust. Health officials are grappling with how people staffing the new national 988 crisis hotline will contend with suspicion of the medical establishment in black communities. And, you know, we've, we've been grappling with this all during the pandemic. You know, we, we, we cling to the Tuskegee experiment, mm-hmm. but that was about denying care. You know, But the U.S. Justice Department ordered Mississippi last year to revamp its mental health system after federal regulators found that mentally ill people were being improperly detained. That contributes to what some experts say is an underutilization of mental health services within communities of color. And some local leaders are guiding people to mental health treatment through the black churches that are the pillars of their community. Well, I'll make a comment about that. But first, we will take this call. Call, you were on the Sunday Forum. Yeah, who? Hello. Who? Yeah. Um, so, just want to say I really appreciate the program and it's uh, you know, uh very diverse uh, topic. Uh, spread this morning. Uh, I, I, I want to say something about this guy, Chris Steiner, who likes to call in and try to turn this into the bag on Mobile show. Um, you know, it's a drag. Um, you know, the, the show is not, uh, you know, though Mobile, you are a critical part of the show. Uh, you know, it's not about, you know, this guy's persistent beef with you. And uh, I, don't, I don't know how we deal with that, but I think. You know, somebody should. But uh, since I'm talking about this guy, I also want to say he, he likes to rag on you about not researching this and not researching that. 
Uh, and then he gets on this program this morning and talks about the African People's Socialist Party and their whole movement. And I've been around the African People's Socialist Party and their whole movement for over 20 years. I have never seen Chris Steiner in a meeting. And Mao Zedong said, no investigation, no right to speak. And so he, he knows nothing about the African People's Socialist Party. When I when people would say all this stuff about Cuba, you know, uh, and Castro, I, I know I would, you know, some people like Cuba, some people like Castro, and a lot of people didn't. And they would say all these people who didn't like Cuba and Castro would say all these kinds of things about uh, the state of Cuba based on Castro's rule. Uh, you know what I did? I went to Cuba to find out for myself. Before I started to say anything about Cuba, Cuban people who don't like Castro, et cetera, I, I ain't never seen Chris Donner in a meeting. I ain't never seen Chris Donner uh, uh, at, a, at a rally. I've never, Chris Donner don't know a damn thing about the African People's Socialist Party and the rural movement. And, uh, and, and since he's such a stalwart, you know, at picking on you because you don't do this, uh, all this medical research and whatever uh, forensic science and stuff that he wants you, you know, uh, when you talk about uh, when, uh, the, the, the colonial virus and, uh, you know, uh, vaccines and all that kind of stuff, he should not uh, uh, pose he, he should not pose as a hypocrite uh, uh, just because it benefits him when it comes to talking about organizations he has no idea about. And it's just important to say that. I mean, you know, that guy's a drag anyway. You know, he offers nothing other than rag on mobility. And I mean, you don't try to hear that same old song. If he has something to contribute to the discussion that will move society forward, then, I mean, go ahead. But, you know, ragging on mobility don't move us no forward no kind of way. Criticize Mabili if Mabili was born. That's one thing. But every week, Mabili did this. Mabili, you said that. And two, you drug up a dead man this morning. Uh, you know, you said someone, oh, this was alive, you know, uh, and hosting the show. You know, uh, just to get at you, not to offer some kind of solution in some kind of way forward. And he's attempting to do that same thing with the African People's Socialist Party. And I hope he has the guts to call back. I hope he has the guts to confront me face to face so I can say it to him. Because I, when I talk, I know what I'm talking about. I've done the investigation. I have the right to speak, and I don't care who I have to speak to to say it. So, um, yeah, don't talk about the African People's Socialist Party or the whole movement, especially when you don't know what you're talking about. And, um, you know, Mabila, I hope you figure out some kind of way. I know y'all, you know, like a free-range program and like people to say whatever they want to say, but I hope y'all figure out a way to make it impossible for, for this guy to uh, drag this program uh, and you through the mud every time he gets on the call. Uh, and I appreciate you allowing me to share. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, life. And he is right. So, I mean, <laughs> but we have another caller on the line. So, caller, you are on the Sunday Forum. Hello, this is Alvaro. How are you? Hey, Alvaro. Hey. How are you? All right, good. Uh, Chris Steiner just, was that life that just called? Yeah. Yes. Hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear him. I, I didn't hear him talk about Uhuru. I, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I I kind of uh, was trying to listen through the computer and 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 dialing at the same time, but uh, mm. I didn't hear him uh, uh, talking about the Uhuru House, which I think is it's grave uh, uh, that it has happened that the, that the government actually went in in that manner, uh, in a, in a very fascistic manner. I was listening to uh, uh, O'Malley Jesitella talk, and he says, "Oh yeah, to do it, knock on the door and show me uh, a uh, a warrant for my arrest or 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 to enter my house and." And you, you would have had access to my house. You didn't need drones and and, and uh, high-powered uh, uh, military style weapons and and, and and this type of you know uh, stun grenades or whatever mm -hmm. uh, light grenades or whatever they use. Um, you know, they, it's, 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 uh, it's it's very fascistic. You know, right. it, it seems to me what what is happening. The FBI has uh, a tendency to do that to show up in the <laughs> wee hours of the morning and surprise yep. you. They do right, and then and then trying to humiliate them. You know, sit you know sit in the corner. You know, sit in a on the floor over there, and you know, you know. Anyway, uh, I, I think I think it is necessary that we look at that in a, in a very serious manner, regardless if we feel supportive or not of Uhuru. Uh, uh, I, I, you know, in the past I have felt, uh, you know, not persuaded very much by Omali Jesitela's uh, uh, oratory, but uh, listening to him now, man, the guy's sharp. It's very sharp. Mm -hmm, you know, the, mm -hmm. the, uh, his, his analysis of what, what is going on, his, his you know, immediate uh, response to what was going on, and then his, his uh, like, overall analysis, uh, national and international, uh, 
and then, then blaming him for for going to Russia. He also went to Africa. You you know, he's going to Cuba. He's going to all, a whole bunch of other places. Yeah, I mean, so what? You know, uh, uh, I, I, I and, and when Akile ran, Akile was was one of members of their party who ran for office. A, a lot of support. A lot of support. Now they're saying uh, Russia was behind that. Come on, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. Everything everything is uh. You know, uh, people cannot uh, give credit what credit is due, you know? Yeah, I mean, there, it's, you know how this goes. It's going to be an investigation about following the money, and then it's probably not going to amount to much of anything. Well, hopefully. You know, hopefully it's not, you know, hopefully they'll, they'll, uh, they'll, they'll do that. But I think I think the aim is at, at, at attacking the, the the political party, you know, the political, because I think of what it means. You know, it, it, it's been quiet, kind of, but... I think what they're doing in, in, in St. Louis, North St. Louis, South St. Louis, is, uh, is, uh, is very meaningful. I was, I was reading on it, not from them, from somebody else, and uh, they're going into uh, this, uh, uh, discarded houses and, and, and houses that have been abandoned for, for years, going in there, fixing them up, and making them available to the people. And, and it seems like that is, is, uh, is, is developing like a, a, an economic resource for them. And I, I, I get the feeling. I, I, I don't have enough information, but... The, the the feeling is they're going to try to stop them, you know, the, the, you know, prevent them from doing it because they're getting a lot of support from the people. Well, that would be uh, really foolish on a, on a real very serious issue. That would be foolish because here you have people struggling to pay rent yep. and stay in affordable housing, mm-hmm. and you have a city council, especially here in Tampa, who doesn't know what to do. They decided they're going to put the issue on a referendum in November and hope that they don't get sued by property owners to, to do a 5% uh, rent control, rent stabilization. You know, just a measly 5%, they're, they're scared of getting sued <laughs> by the property owners. So basically, right. they can't do anything mm-hmm. to push back on the capitalist property owners. You know, so the bottom line is, it would be foolhardy to go and stop a campaign of people who go in and take back the land, go in and rebuild and refurbish houses to give people quality places to live. Yeah, 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 definitely. I wanted to mention uh, uh, something else also uh, on, on another topic. Uh, was this Chris Steiner that just spoke uh, a little bit before that? Yes. Uh, he, he has been calling for a long time. And, and I, I, I always try to like like give him the uh, the benefit of the doubt, but but I have seen consistently uh, uh, him attacking the Billy, uh, in in, uh, in I mean it, you know accusing him, but in a negative in a negative uh, uh, fashion, trying to make him into a, a uh, you know like uh, like a, an, an image of a person that that the Billy is not, you know, and and, and uh, you know accusing him of being communist, but trying to. Uh, uh, you know, hurt his, his image uh, and, and hurt the show, I think. Hmm. I, I think that, that we, we need to look at him instead, you know? Uh, if Chris Steiner has come out, if, you, if we go to his uh, Facebook page, he has come out in, in uh, demonstrations, right-wing demonstrations, uh, uh, exhibiting libertarian uh, um, banners and uh uh, he he has come out in support of a Rittenhouse. Rittenhouse, the, the guy that uh, that, that killed two people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that 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 the young guy that that killed two people, and uh and 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 got away with it, you know. And he he has come out against that. He has he, the other guy was shooting demonstrators, and here this guy comes out supporting somebody who's a murderer, you know, in in, in public. So uh, I I think he has a lot to answer for himself. Right. Anyway, thank you. Thank you for the show. I disagree wholeheartedly with the approach and the view on uh, Ukraine. You know, I, you know, I, I uh, of course, I, I, I uh, appreciate you both and and, uh, and I respect your your opinions. But but uh, I, I I side more with the doctor that called the the one that calls uh, normally about uh, the attacks on on uh, on blacks in the uh, in the health provide. Uh, pro- uh, 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 in the yeah. health uh, area, mm-hmm. health providers that, that that just called just called a couple of a couple of people ago. Yes. Uh, you know, I think I think he uh, he raises pretty uh, pretty interesting issues, pretty interesting uh, information. Uh, the uh, Russia in Africa was not. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not saying that that super power, super power politics are not going on, 
But when Cuba went into Angola, it wasn't Russia, uh, you know, superpower politics. Cuba went into Angola against the wishes of uh, uh, the Soviet Union, which was already kind of backing down, you know, trying to hide from from uh, from from conflict and stuff like that. And and, and Cuba went there because they would, they were asked to go when the the South African whites were about to take uh, uh, over Angola. They were they were halfway, more than halfway through the country when when uh, when Cuba went in. There's a wonderful film that that in fact I saw at the Uhuru House a few years ago, but I had seen in New York before that. And and it's it's it's, it's about Cuba in Africa. And it details all, all, all of what was going on. And in fact, the Soviet Union had lost so much view uh, as to how to fight uh, guerrillas, which is, which is what uh, the, the, uh, the type of uh, fighting that they needed to adopt in, in Angola, that every time they led, a whole bunch of people get, got killed until, until the Cubans got out. And they said, you know, we're not, we're not going to participate under your leadership. You know, we, you know if we had it, we, we're okay, but... But we're not going to participate under your, under your leadership because all our people are getting killed. You know, so it wasn't until the Cubans took, took leadership of that fight that, and of course, with the, the African fighters, that were, you know, the Angolan, uh, Southwest Africa, and South African fighters that were there uh, with them. Uh, now, the Cubans had the big guns. They, they were able to bring the big guns because the, uh, the, the, you know, revolutionary uh, uh, guerrilla fighters normally have uh, small weapons, you know, you know, guns, rifles, things like that. But no, not the big, uh, you know, uh, whatever you call that. They're not rocket launchers and all that stuff. That, that uh, you know, that was like the Cubans that brought it in. And they dragged in uh, the Soviet Union because uh, because uh, they had no choice. You know, they had, they had a support because the whole world was watching. And then they hear the Cubans are, 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 are fighting and winning this battle. The whole world is, is, is in favor of ending apartheid. And here the Cubans are in. For years before the, the Russians come in, you know, and, and, and they went there for 15 years, actually, you know, 75 to 90 until until apartheid was defeated. So anyway, yeah, thank, thanks for the show. You're uh, welcome. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, Alvaro. All uh, right. Uh, we got another another call. So caller, you're on the Sunday forum. Yeah, yeah, Hudu, it's me again. I I rarely ever, you know, call in twice because I understand the rules. But Alvaro mentioned me and said something about me not talking about um, what happened with the uh, Hull House, the FBI attack on the Hull House in St. Petersburg and St. Louis and on several uh, uh, residences uh, where party members were known to um, uh, uh, at least hang out. And uh, right before I called, I heard Mabili say that uh, he didn't want to talk about that. <laughs> I mean, I think that's what I... Am I wrong, Mabili? Didn't you say that? Yeah, I just said that yeah. it was still... Uh it, the who house wasn't mentioned in the affidavit, and I was waiting yeah. on hear more infi- more information yeah. know, from the investigation. I know, I know, I know Alvaro understands or knows my a long time association. What I, what I, you know, what I just uh, declared myself in the earlier phone call uh, with the who movement. So I don't know if that's uh, perhaps what compelled him to say he doesn't know why I talked. I didn't talk about it. I didn't talk about it. Out of respect for Mabili's, uh, you know, Mabili right now is on Sunday Forum hosting uh, along, um, uh, you know, with, uh, well, I can't think of your name right you, now. Yumiko is my name. Yeah, Yumiko, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. And, you know, it's, it's not my show. It's, uh, it's, it's Mabili, uh, it's uh, Walter's show. Uh, Mabili's running it along with Yumiko. And, um, and so out of respect for that, I didn't talk about it. It doesn't mean that I can't and, and, uh, and anywhere uh, is unwilling to. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to clear it up for Alvaro and anybody else who might have had that same query swirling around in their head. Uh, you know, it's, uh, yeah, we, we, there's a whole lot of forums and opportunities to have discussions about what transpired on, uh, a Friday morning. And, uh, so we don't have to impose on the Sunday forum again, uh, uh, your expressed Desires not to have the discussion based on the lack of uh, mentioning their whole movement in the indictment. Uh, uh, so yeah, okay then. Uh, can I ask you? Maybe um, maybe this is not appropriate, but let me ask you anyway. <laughs> the uh, the raid on the Uhuru House happened in such close proximity to the firebombing of the. Pan African flag. I mean, of the uh, African national flag. Uh, yeah. Do you think there's some kind of uh, 
shenanigans going on there? Somebody wanted to bring attention to the Uhuru house for some reason? What What, what I, do you think? What I can tell you is this. Chairman O'Malley, uh, in his presentation over the weekend, uh, and, uh, you know, made it clear that we are not uh, unaware of <laughs> the the connection between the two incidents. You know, um, we, so the, it, it's the chairman's position, the party's position, uh, the who movement's position that there's some direct correlation between that event, not only that event, but uh, also uh, perhaps people who followed uh, the news uh, closely enough would know that some guy uh, who was never an African internationalist but an imposter who used uh, our organization to bolster his uh, inter- uh, internet thing uh, got busted uh, a week ago, uh, you know, in Georgia. And, um, uh, and, and so all those things have some, have, have you know, are connected to this uh, attack on the, the African People's Socialist Party through the raids on the rural house and, and, and residential uh, or, or where party members are known to be. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Good, good observation, I think. Right, we'll be keeping a watch. All right, and listen, um, Alvaro, I love you, but, you know, whenever you talk about me, you know, I'm, you know, I mean, we, we can always talk person to person, but, you know, I just wanted to clear it up. The reason why I didn't talk about it because my baby said clearly, you know, in equivocal terms, he ain't going to talk about it and say it, why? And so I didn't, uh, out of respect for his program. And it's my understanding that Chris, uh, what's his name? Stinger? Uh, Stein. Uh, Stein. Stein. Yeah, Chris Steiner got his program. So, we, you know, we could talk all this jazz on his program. I don't know why he calls in and, and, and does that stuff. I have my own program. If I want to talk about the stuff, I talk about it on my program. But on your program, I do the best I can to follow, you know, uh, the stuff that y'all lay out. You know, you set the rules, and yeah. that's, that's, that's how the game is played. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, that's called, uh, you know, just respectful programming. Uh, yeah. you know, so from one programmer to another, I appreciate the job you did today. And I hope everybody understands why I haven't said much more about uh, what happened over the weekend, although there is much to say. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be we'll talking about it. it. Yeah, yeah. All right, okay. Peace. Thank you, All right, thanks. Have a good day. You're welcome. Thank you. Nicole. Thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, we've talked a lot today about different stuff on this program. Um, do you have anything? Well, we still have a lot of time. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I was looking at this story out of Oklahoma, mm-hmm. uh, a black leader who fought 45's Tulsa campaign rally mm-hmm. has been killed. Oh, he has. Police say this black business leader and he's a community activist who joined Tulsa civic leaders in fighting then president. 45's <laughs> plan to hold a campaign rally on Juneteenth in a city known as the site of one of the nation's deadliest white-owned black mob attacks has been killed in what police describe as a domestic incident at her home. Uh, but police answering a call Wednesday about a reported death in the home in the Tulsa suburb of Bixby found Sherry Gamble Smith dead and husband Martin Everett Smith wounded. And Martin Smith died later at a hospital. The police still investigating what happened. And Gamble Smith was president of the Black Wall Street Chamber of Commerce. So, hmm. It's one of those things make you go, hmm. Right. I'm not really surprised. Um, I don't don't know what to say on that, but... I did have a comment about um, what's that guy's name that did that shot in um, what, what was what state was that Kyle? Oh, Kyle Rittenhouse. Yeah, I, I've been seeing on people's cards to to vote for him. Uh, <laughs> isn't he running for? Yeah, did They're I just see? gaslighting you. They're just trying okay, to because uh, I thought I saw where he. You know, he's up for what? <laughs> governor or Even something? though I wouldn't be surprised. Well, governor no. Well, I thought I saw something on someone's card to uh, to vote for him and then to bring back 45. Yeah, and, that's somebody trying to mm. push that political agenda to... Okay. I hope so. Bring all would, of the... That, that would be... The, Trumpians back. That's just something to keep Trumpians excited. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then do you have any comments about the monkeypox? Because that has now been spreading. No, and I just think that people need to take care of themselves. If there is a if there is a vaccine out there, go ahead and get it. Uh, what they are, they are uh, making one as we speak. Yeah, but you know, again, it follows a, a typical line of, of basically what is considered ignoring mm-hmm. doctors when they try to tell you something. And that was a Nigerian doctor who noticed that there were kids, there was this one little boy, mm-hmm. eight-year-old boy, I think, who 
started showing these poxes across his body because it's not unusual for kids who are playing outside in on the continent of Africa to come in contact with animals. Mm-hmm. So there is a possibility that this doctor is saying that this is because of some animal-human contact for the first time, and he tried to warn the world about it. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until, um, you know, this uh, we started seeing a, a different kind of pox, not all over their body, but just around the genitals. Okay. And this was also in Nigeria, and they wanted to keep that quiet. This is five years ago. We could have known about this five years ago. And now the world is trying to play catch up once again. But what I don't like about this monkeypox is that whenever they show pictures on TV, it's always of someone black. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, I mean, hopefully. And this goes a long history of of trying to associate black people with disease. Yeah. I mean, because with, with COVID, they, they've been, uh, obviously, the, the, the China, they attacked a, a lot of Chinese people. Hopefully, right. within this case, we don't start getting attacked because we have nothing to do with yeah. the monkeypox. But um, yeah, people so small-minded. <laughs> they are, you know, and this, it, all this stuff we've been talking about this morning, I mean, it's just... Where do we go from here? Yeah. You know, um, well, we keep moving forward. Right, and we got to defend. We got to protect our gains. That's for certain. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, we could definitely use some more callers. Eight one three two three nine nine six six three. Call in if you have a comment about anything that we've discussed this morning, um, or if you have something you would like to talk about. We would love to hear from you. Again, that number is 813-239-9663. Yeah, before we have to get out and make room for the postmodern hoot nanny, which is yes. coming your way yes. next, following headlines from National Public Radio, we got a few more minutes to talk to you. And uh, you can write us at dj at wnf.org. Uh, we did get one message. Uh, somebody did write us talking about the... Uh, Russian black Russian history earlier enjoyed the show this morning for some contemporary politics. Jean Sabgo was originally from Benin but was elected mayor of a small Russian town. This happened maybe 10 years ago. He was coined Russian Obama. Jean Sabgo. I think I vaguely remember that name. I and don't. <laughs> he was uh, elected to a Russian town. Oh, okay. So thanks for that information. Yes. That's interesting. Robert Neff sent that information in. Thank you, Robert. And uh, we'd like to know more about this kind of history. We've got to continue to follow, especially uh, history, black history from around the world, where there are figures that we just haven't heard about, that we just don't know about, that, you know, if DeSantis half his way, your schools will never tell you about. And uh, we are watching that situation closely as well because here the uh, the GOP governor, Ron DeSantis, is saying we want to keep all kinds of information out of schools, you know, sex information when of kids course. are having sex, you know, we want to keep race information when there's racism rampant. You know, we, we don't want people to be woke. We want them to be asleep. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to, uh, this governor has done everything he can to keep people as ignorant as possible so we can get away with the shenanigans he wants to get away with. Yes. Looks like somebody's calling in okay. for the last word. Go ahead, caller. You say what? And say it quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is real quick, and I just came on. Jarvis out of Wesley Chapel. I, I just wanted to say, a, a long time ago, many years ago, um, Minister Louis Farrakhan was getting ready to get a gift from, I, I'm not sure of the leader overseas. I want to say Menachem Begin, if I'm saying that name wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it might not have been him, but this is information on the Internet. He was going to give um, Louis Farrakhan hundreds of millions of dollars to help black people in this country. For some reason, the United States government stopped it, and and and, and it's all on, it's, it's on the internet. But for some reason, they stopped that money from coming over, saying it would be illegal. And I just wanted to say that with the um the Yuhuru movement, it seems like you know it seems like white people can collect money from China, Russia, and do business and everything. But as soon as somebody wants to help black people or make a donation from somewhere else, 
all of a sudden the FBI's involved, the DOD's involved, and these, these you know, it's, it's just odd. I've been watching this Yuhu movement during the week, and maybe I'm saying it wrong, but it's just, just something goes on when black people get money or get help from somewhere else, and all of a sudden it's a big issue. Um, thanks for taking my call, and I just wanted to say that. Yeah. Thank you for calling. I mean, he's right. Hey, uh, you know, yeah. stuff, stuff like that does happen. Um, we so, are being sidelined, it seems like, every day. So, Yeah, the question is, as always, though, what do they want for the money? What do they want me to do? Right. You know, so <laughs> I always have to be concerned about that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I think that it, you know, because oftentimes, you know, we know that people are using, especially if they're in politics, We'll yep. use money for corrupt reasons. Yes. But, uh... Well, I mean, we don't have much time, so I mean, thank you. For... <laughs> I was just tripping because I just got a message and I don't yeah, understand I, it. I saw that too. <laughs> okay, sorry about that. <laughs> so, yes, um, thank you for joining into the Sunday Forum. Walter will be back next week. And... Um, Please have, have a good yeah, have a good have day. More and, rousing discussion next week as well. Yes. So take care, have a good Sunday, and we'll be back next week on the Sunday forum. Thank you. Stay tuned for the postmodern hoop nanny. <laughs>